What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 70 of the Stardom Cast. I'm your host, Matt Turner. I hope everybody here in the States, we just celebrated the 4th of July. I hope everybody had a safe 4th of July. I hope that everybody was okay with the fireworks. Didn't get too crazy. Didn't get too crazy eating all those hot dogs, maybe switching out those hot dogs for a little grilled chicken breast, maybe putting down beer number four and going to some nice water or nice protein shake. But I kid, I kid, I kid. I hope everybody had a good and safe 4th of July and uh, they enjoyed the day with their families. Programming note, actually, as I record this, it is July the 2nd. We're going to be releasing the weekly episode every Friday. So this should be in your feed Friday. Friday would be the 8th. Friday would be July 8th. So this should be up in your feed July 8th. Now you might be saying, Uncle MT, Uncle MT, why are we getting this so early? So here's what happened. Again, I like to tell everybody what's going on a little behind the scenes, behind the curtain here at the Stardom Cast. So my main man, Sean Montrose, he is going away for a few days. Him and his beautiful bride are going away for their anniversary. I believe it would be their fourth anniversary. I think he told me he got married in 2018. My quick math skills will tell me that's fourth. Sean, I know you're listening. If I'm wrong, by all means, you know, cut yourself in and say, no, Matt, it's fifth. If I'm right, you know, leave this in. Leave it in this way. It'll show our listeners how uh, how fantastic I, at math I am. Yeah, hey, Matt, this is uh, Sean in the control booth. I uh, just spoke with the stats and research department here at the Stardom Cast, and they have informed me that you are correct with your math. It is four years, and um, I think we have a prize for... Wait, um, hold on. Hold on. What, what, what's that? No prize. But but I said there was a prize. There's, there's no prize. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm being told there's no prize. Um, go ahead and get back to your show. 
Anywho, so instead of not having an episode this week, Sean called me up, being the brains of this operation, and make no mistake about it, if it wasn't for Sean, this podcast might not be happening. I mean, he does a lot of the heavy lifting. I know it's my voice that you hear, but Sean does all the heavy lifting, he does all the fancy editing, all the cleans up, all my mistakes, or this or that, or whatever, make sure that it's, you know, crisp crisp and clean for you and he comes up with so many great ideas including this great idea he said well instead of not having a show why don't you record something earlier during the week and then give it to me i'll edit it, i'll clean it up i'll do what i need to do and i'll put it in the feeder set on friday now again what we're trying to do here is we're trying to get on a schedule again i've only been doing this a handful of weeks or so so i'm just trying to get some reps and trying to get some momentum trying to get a good feel on what's going on so we decided that we're going to release the weekly podcast every friday so if anything happens between now the second and friday the eighth and you're wondering like well geez you know sasha banks just said she's going to wrestle stardom how come matt didn't cover that well i'll cover it next week Uh, also next week i'll be covering the show from the second the show from the third and obviously the stacked pay-per-view that is going to be on uh, on saturday Uh, we're going to preview that at the end of this episode as far as the patreon goes there's a lot of stuff that i've been pumping out uh we're still trying to get a schedule for that uh due out for the white belt and red belt tier patreon members Uh, it's in the can um, we're just waiting for uh, you know, waiting for it to upload is the dream match booking that I booked the stardom cards of current roster and, you know, future or not future dream roster. B. Priestley red belt retrospective uh, is in the can ready to be edited and put up. And then just I believe just yesterday for the uh, red belt tier Patreon members, I did the watch along review and breakdown of Kari Hojo defending the world of stardom championship versus Mako Satomura. And I believe this week, yeah, this week I'll be recording the next one, the next watch along, which will be from end of the year climax 2019 between hannah kimura and julia also probably by the time you listen to this the poll will be over but we're going to try to get on a better schedule for july so for the white belt and red belt tier patreons the four choices i put up on twitter were uh, the utami haishista world of stardom review tam nakano the wonder stardom review arisa hoshinki wonder stardom review and kari hojo uh world of stardom review so whatever the two top vote getters those are the two episodes i'll be doing in july and again i thank everybody for your patience we're just trying to figure out you know get a better rhythm a better flow when things are going to be coming out but as of right now and as usual card subject to change the weekly episode will be on your feed every friday morning and what a better way to start your weekend than to be listening to me talking about stardom so what is there to talk about hmm how about potentially the biggest news in stardom in a long time? And considering the fact there's been a lot of fantastic news in stardom over the last seven, eight months, this one could be a biggie. So not unless you're living underneath a rock, you have heard, per reporter Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, that the goat of stardom, the queen herself, Io Shirai, has not, as of this recording, again, something could happen in the next five or six days, but as of this recording, has not re-signed her contract for WWE. Uh, not only that, but she has stated that she does not want to renew her contract and she wants to go back to Japan to be close with her family. Now, the report did say it is at the end of the month. So I'm assuming that her contract runs out the end of July, could be the end of August. Sometimes they have an extension that they could put on these things. Obviously, a lot to unpack. And we're going to unpack it here because I'm super excited uh, for a million different reasons. I mean, I've got on record on this podcast saying not only is Io Shirai my favorite female wrestler of all time. I think she's the best female wrestler in the world right now, and I think she's the greatest female wrestler in the world. Now, granted, there is a lot of All Japan women's stuff in the 90s that I do need to watch, and I actually have a little bit of free time with the holiday here in the States coming up, and I'm going to go and try to watch as much stuff as I can, just to see if I can validate you know, that response. But then again, it's my opinion. You can like what you like and dislike what you dislike. I mean, nobody's opinion's ever wrong. Okay, so like I said, let's get back to the uh, the EO Shirai possibly coming back to start. Now, let's get the two, what I think is the two things that may block her from coming back to stardom or the two things that may change her mind. Number one, she has told WWE management that she does not want to resign and she wants to go back to Japan. Could this be a negotiation tactic? Possibly. Io Shirai, not only is she the genius of the sky and a genius in the ring, she's a very smart businesswoman. We've seen wrestlers use this tactic before to try to get a better deal or higher merchandising money. I think yeah, I could be wrong, but I think even Shinsuke Nakamura used this tactic about a year or two ago where he kind of hinted along the ways that, hey, once my contract's up, I'm thinking about going back to New Japan. They got wind of it. He got a better deal. I think he got like a seven-figure deal, and I think he got a little bit more merchandising money as well. And that's something that EO might be doing. Maybe she's it could be a negotiation tactic where she's like, hey, bump me up on the main roster. Give me a little bit more money. Maybe, you know, have one of my shirts come out 
a new shirt come out once every three or four months and give me maybe four or five percent higher than you were giving me. Do I think she's doing that? I'm going to say no. It's a possibility. Okay, number two. The number two thing that might be preventing this is Io did say she wanted to go back to Japan to be with her family. She didn't say she wanted to come back to wrestling. Could she be doing something else? Could she maybe only do one or two shows a year? That's a possibility. But my opinion, I don't think it's happening. I've had a lot of people reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram, and they were asking me, what do I think? And I'm just going to tell you right here now, I think EO is coming back to stardom. Is it a lock? No. Is it a guarantee? No. I don't believe in full guarantees on anything. Like even, for example, we're going to, you know, I'm going to touch upon it. At the end of this podcast, Shuri and Momo is going to be a fantastic match. Can I guarantee it's going to be an all-time great? Can I guarantee it's going to be at least a four-star match? No. What if, heaven forbid, somebody gets hurt or somebody's not feeling good or they take a bad bump and they bust up their ankle, they get a concussion? Obviously, I don't want that to happen to anybody in any sport, but there are real no guarantees. So if you're asking me on a scale of zero to 100%, I'm about 80% sure we're going to see Io Shirai back into a stardom ring which is super exciting. I mean, the Twitter and internet world has been buzzing the last 24 hours. So many dream matches. Io Yutami, Julia, uh, Natsupoi, Sayakamatani, Azumi, Hazuki. There's so much that they can do. So much momentum. They just got Kari back. And I remember when Kari, when she officially came back, when they did the news conference, I was getting messages on my Twitter. Well, when's EO going to come back? And my thing was <laughs> one at a time. I think my mind can only take so much just one at a time. And you've been seeing pictures posted all over Twitter of the three them, you know, Mayu, EO and Kari. And the fact that this could possibly be happening in the next two or three months, it's a real possibility, which is going to make the five star Grand Prix, which starts at the end of this month, which is when we think that EO's contract contracts up it's going to make the five-star grand prix even more exciting because night three night four night five night six night seven there could be an eo announcement you know maybe she shows up maybe she shows up on the tron maybe she maybe they wait for the final where she comes comes out kind of similar what they've done you know with shibata at the at the g1 you know as a, as a surprise thing so just going to make the five star just that much more important um so like i said i think i'm about 80 85 sure we're going to see eo back in a stardom ring this year and again with that new japan joint show in november they got to try to fill up fifteen thousand people in, in that building obviously you have you know okada tanahashi naito huge stars from new japan utami sai kamatani obviously kari's going to be there mayu's going to be there there's a possibility tony storm's going to be there there's a possibility Sa- sasha banks is going to be there and the fact that the possibility we may have the queen herself coming back to stardom to be on that show it's enticing now i know also per the wrestling observer now here's another thing too once that article came out my first thing was like okay check the source check the source because to me if it doesn't come from wade keller brian alvarez or dave Meltzer, i you know take it with a grain of salt and again i you know i I praise Meltzer a lot on this podcast because i think he's just fantastic at what he does he's the most prolific news reporter ever i mean he's been doing this since the 80s so could he be wrong sure i mean we're all wrong we're all wrong at our jobs we're all wrong you know quite a bit you know i won't say quite a bit i'm wrong a lot <laughs> if you don't believe me that's my wife <laughs> but yeah, there's a possibility he's wrong but usually when he comes to these things his sources are pretty well again i checked the source dave Meltzer, wrestling observer that's a damn good source he also also the stated that he that eo wasn't in any talks with stardom that's the way it's really kind of supposed to be if you're under contract with somebody especially wwe you cannot negotiate until your contract is up, until the contract's over. So it would be like a breach of contract or like WWE would be like, well, hey, starting, you're talking to EO. Technically, she's still under contract with us. We're going to sue you for $3 million, but if you give us a million, excuse me, if you give us a million, we'll just settle out of court. And a, a million dollars to a company like Stardom, who's just really getting the swing of things, you know, in the last you know year, year and a half, would be a huge blow. So obviously, they're trying to stay away from that until they're legally able to talk to her. Now, you know EO's talking to, you know, Momo. You know, she's talking to, obviously, Kari, and she's talking to Mayu. They can't offer a contract because they're not office, not that I know of. But, you know, there's, you know, and I'm going to EO's probably watching, seeing everything that's going on, seeing how much stardom is growing, seeing how much she can help the brand, seeing all the big potential shows coming up. Again, 15,000 seats coming up here in November. The Rasio Gawa has stated, in, you know, 2024 and 2025, he wants to fill, he wants to do a show at the Tokyo Dome. Obviously, there's a lot there that she can do. And I'm sure that they would want that, you know, everybody would want her there. Again, this is super exciting. As soon as I you know, hear anything, I'll put it up on Twitter. I will probably be talking about this every week because I'm super, super excited. Like I said, EO is my all-time favorite women's wrestler. And uh, I think there's someone that asked me to do like a top 10, like who I think the top 10 best wrestlers in the last 10 years were. And I had her on there. I, I had her on there. I think she's just absolutely phenomenal. 
and you know, I had somebody call me yesterday and they said, well, how would you bring EO in? Like, what would the first thing you would do? And you know, the easy answer is you bring her on a pay-per-view. But I say, I think really where stardom needs to improve on, I mean, they're improving on everything. What they need to improve on is the website, getting live shows up and even getting on an app. Like with New Japan, I mean, Bushi Road is owned, oh, it does own, excuse me, New Japan and stardom. And they have the app on the fire stick. Like if I want to watch a New Japan show, all I do is turn my TV on. I wake up my fire stick. My username and password is already saved in there. And then I can watch it live. One, they need to do the live stream. And two, they need to make it more accessible to a lot of viewers. I mean, I have a lot of friends, a lot of, um, you know, my fans, the Matt Turner fans, and a lot of um, fellow wrestlers that really want to watch Stardom. But it's like, it's too much of a hassle. They have to go through, the, they got to go to the website. They got to make the, this, that. Just It's too much nowadays where a lot of things is just, it's a click of a button. Everything's easier. So I think what, what Stardom needs to do is, one, they need to improve on that. And two, I wouldn't debut at a pay-per-view. I would debut her, not debut her, but bring her back like at like a Cork and Hall show. So you have like maybe 1,100, 1,200 people. I'm not sure with the COVID restrictions where uh, Cork and Hall's at, but I would bring her back in that. And I would say, hey, we're going to live stream, if not the show, the match. And for you to watch it, you're going to have to subscribe to, uh, to Stardom World, which is right now, I think it's less than $8 American. Just an absolute steal. So this way, instead of spending the $40, $45 or whatever the pay-per-view is, and you're just getting that one show, it's just like, well, okay, I subscribe to Stardom World. I have it for the next 30, 31 days. I just wanted to see EO's match. And if they don't live stream the match or the show, then you can at least do the match or, hey, about an hour or two hours after the show, we're going to put at least EO's match up. So this way you'll get a handful of people that'll pay it. Hey, it's eight bucks. I want to see this. So they'll put they'll put that up. And then it's like, well, I already have the stardom world. You know, I already know how to log into it because I had to do it for the CEO match. Let me see what else is on there. And then you hook them. And then you hook them for the $8 per month times 12 months. You know, and that's where, I mean, obviously the, the content there, you know, past, present, and future is all fantastic. So I think that would be a sm smart way to do it to get your subscriptions up, especially overseas, especially over here, you know, in America and the States and Canada, Mexico and Europe. Um, and obviously would grow their viewership in Japan as well. And I would also debut or not in a singles match, but I would do it a tag. I would do it a tag. You've seen the pictures that have been all out on Twitter. Everybody wants to see the freedom back. You know, as Star Wars fan, we didn't get to see our freedom. We didn't get to see when Disney bought Star Wars and they did episode seven and nine. Can I get a Star Wars re reference in here? We didn't get to see Han, Leia and Luke all in the same shop. And now we have this possibility where we can see our, you know, Han, uh, Leia and Luke all in one shot. And I think if I'm going to, I think that Mayu would be the Han because of her quirkiness. I think Kari would be Leia, you know, Pirate Princess, Princess Leia. And then I think Eo would be Luke, you know, Master Jedi. <laughs> but anywho, I think that is the first match you put. You put Mayu, Kari, and Eo versus Queen's Quest. Utami, Saya, and Azumi. So the, the faction that Eo founded she would be going up against on her first match. And then after the match, regardless who, I'm assuming you'd have to put three of them over. After the match, if you have a pay-per-view or two big shows back-to-back -back coming up, you have EO say, hey, I challenge Utami and Saya Aphrodite with Mayu to a match on the night one of that show. And night two, I challenge Zumi. So you would have Thunder Rock versus Aphrodite. And then you would have Zumi versus EO Shirai after we just got Queen's Quest versus Freedom. I think that would be, you know, like, hey, here's the first taste. You know, we gave you this one for eight bucks. Now, if you want to see EO's next match, you have to buy the pay-per-view or what have you, or you have to stay on to our subscription service. I mean, there's so many dream matches, so many dream matches. Obviously, Izumi, she helped mentor her, um, brought her into Queen's Quest when Izumi was probably 12 or 13. Momo, obviously, that was the kickoff to Momo's really big singles reign. EO beat her. In February, and then back, and then two months later, Momo wins the Cinderella, and then she beats EO, basically passes her the torch to Queen's Quest as EO goes and leaves, you know, not too long after that. And then Hazuki as well. I mean, Hazuki's been pretty solid since she's come back, but these last two or three months, she's really gotten to a really uh, higher level groove. So you can have like those matches. I mean, it's a built in storyline. It's like, hey, I mentored you, I brought you into Queen's Quest. You know, there's that, there's that. And then obviously, I mean, you have, we have to see EO versus Mayu somewhere down the line so i mean that's obvious to me that's the match i want to see the most even though we've seen it a zillion times before they've all been great you know some of the best women's matches of all time my opinion the best women's tag team of all time is thunder rock eo and mayu obviously the julia the saya starlight kid i mean so many things they can do so it's exciting it's exciting i mean you know, i'm kind of hoping i hope she does what's best for her 
you know, it's one thing. It's like, well, if she does re-sign with WWE, she's probably going to get a seven-figure deal, plus the merchandising on top, plus she's probably going to go to Raw or SmackDown where she's going to be seen either in front of a million and a half or two million people every week. But at the same time, it's like you can't put a price on wanting to go back home to be with your family. And regardless, if she does come back to stardom, which I think is going to happen, she's going to be making good money. She's going to negotiate, you know, a really good deal for herself. And plus, there's other different businesses that she can get into. I mean, look what Kari's doing. You know, she's doing matches every now and again, you know, drawing money, doing well, her merchandising. Did you ever go on her Twitter? That merchandising stuff that, first of all, can't ship to the U.S. You know, we need to change that. But regardless, all of her stuff sells out in like 48 hours. EO can do that. And then Kari opened up a gym. She's doing well there. And I think EO... She was like partners at like a jiu-jitsu gym in Orlando. So, so many different things that can happen. So many different dream matches. Uh, you know, we're all keeping our fingers crossed, you know, checking, checking the feed, checking the wrestling observer, checking pretty much, uh, you know, the torch and just, you know, seeing if if she does sign, you know, if, if, if there's no news, there's good news. Again, for us stardom fans. But again, at the end of the day, I think we all want want what's best for her. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a fan of stardom. And I think we all just want her back. And the fact that we, it's a possibility, a very good possibility we got we're we obviously got Kari back, but the fact that we may get the Queen back, you know, sometime in the late summer, early fall. Oh boy, it's exciting! It's exciting. Okay, moving on to we only just have one show to review. Like I said, just because I'm recording this almost you know a few days, uh, almost um, like back to back style from the last podcast with the show from Cork and Hall on the 28th. So we'll get into this. So uh, the first match was a five star, five star qualifier. Momo Kogo defeats Rena. Uh, seven minutes and five seconds uh, with a, like a version of the crucifix bomb. It's almost like she was jumping over her to go for a uh, schoolboy. She wound up catching a crucifix bomb. Oh, I mean, Momo Kogo, the past few months has been really solid, but all of a sudden she's like trying to become the innovator of offense with the all uh, the six one nines that she's doing, like the six one nine to the arm, the six one nine DDT. Uh, it's really good. It's really exciting. It's like every time you watch Momo Kogo. It's you really kind of just like, what's she going to do now? And considering the fact that she's got the biggest match of her career coming up in one week's time as we record this, well, as you listen to it, you know, the match will probably be happening in 24 hours uh, with Azumi for the high-speed championship. So I think this was really, really solid. It's basically a good technical match, kind of back and forth. Uh, they kept it real simple. Only went over seven minutes, three and a quarter stars. And Momo and Rina both finished with four points of them of the uh, five-star qualifier. Match number two, Sai Ida defeat uh, Hina. Sai is just a chop machine. Boy, right at, right at it. And Hina does a really good job selling. Like, I've never really mentioned or really put over how good she is, like, at her facial selling. Like, you know, showing emotion, showing pain. And you're in there with Sai Ida, and you know you're going to be eating some chops and lariat. And she sure, sure did. And he did a good job on her comeback. And Sai Ida, for how much she does at, like, chopping people and clotheslining people, she does a good job of giving it back. It's, you know, give and take. Feeding in for for clotheslines, for chops, for kicks, for forearms, and she's making sure she bumps enough for her other opponent to look good. Saida does a really good job with that. Uh, Saida hits the big lariat and the diamond dust, which she calls the Eater Rock. And I'm talking about all Thunder Rock. We got the Eater Rock here for the win. Three and a quarter star, six minutes, 17 seconds. Saida advances into the five-star qualifier with five points, and Hina ends at a respectful three points. Match number three saw Mai Sakurai. Versus Ruaka. Basically, it looked like Ruaka just needed a draw here to go into the final. It seemed like anybody that had five points or more were going was going to go to the win was going to go to the win here. So they did a really good job, you know, showing my Sakurai with urgency, knowing she can't go to the ten minute time limit because I think Ruaka had two time limit draws, which would get her that one point. So if she gets a third here, not only does May Sakurai stay at three points, but Ruaka bumps up to five and pretty much mathematically would go into the tournament. So I thought they told you know this match went just a here under six minutes they did a good job telling a really good story may sakurai's urgency knowing that she couldn't flirt with that 10 minute time limit may does a really good job to hit with that big boot she's been throwing like this big boot with a lot of a lot of force um not only that but like where she times it like where she puts in the match she does a really good job like feeding the comeback or starting her comeback i think that's really well uh rock hits the freezer bomb and then goes to the top rope and hits the um sorry, she hits the fisherman buster and then the freezer bomb from the back and then she goes for the pin and then may Sak- sakura counters with the crucifix pin for the win uh three stars and uh I, like i said it was just a shade under six minutes i think the official time was five minutes and 54 seconds and then you could just see just how excited julia was not only julia but my uh mike and himika as well that they have another member in DDM going into the five-star. This adds a little wrinkle. I mean, I think a lot of people expect May Sakurai to eat a lot of pins. But at the same time, she 
caught Koguma with this, you know, back heel trip crucifix pin. She caught Ruaka with it here. So they can really build towards her matches or towards the finish with this because they can catch anybody at any time. And that's what's cool about the five star. It's anybody can get upset at any time. So you, you're just not sure when she may pull out a win or two with this and then maybe tease it, you know, three, four, five times. So it's going to make her matches that much in- interesting. And I know me and Rod back on Toy Max Sakurai the last handful of months. But again, I will never bag on anybody that works hard uh, and shows through. And she has proved me wrong. No doubt about that whatsoever. She has improved so much over the last two and three months that I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's going to do here in the five star. Is she going to rack up eight, nine, ten points? Probably not. But I think she's going to have some really good matches at the end of this tournament. Two things I know for sure. One, she's going to be better than Bruce because it's a long, grueling tournament. Two, she's going to come out of it a way better wrestler than she did going in. Uh, Ruaka winds up attacking Julia afterwards. What a jerk, you know, <laughs> with the, the lunch crate or whatever. What a jerk. So I don't know if they set something up or Ruaka just wanted to keep some heat. Match number four, Waka versus Starlight Kid. This was really a, a real dominant performance for Starlight Kid. She had like 80, 85% of the offense. I mean, really wearing down Starlight Kid's knee with some submissions, uh, really like slow pace, slow building. Waka doing a great job selling. And basically it built towards the end of the story where Waka did that the tiger suplex sliding pin, like the Marafuji style tiger suplex sliding pin. And it really had the crowd. They thought that boy, Waka's just, you know, getting her butt kicked here for a good majority of this match. And she may pull out. Obviously she didn't. And Starlight Kid wins with a modified uh, stretch muffler. So like she had the stretch muffler on and then like basically put her back heel on Waka's throat to like choke her out. I thought that was uh, very innovative. We've seen Starlight Kid winning matches going back to the Texas Cloverleaf. And now we have this. Obviously she has the moonsault. She's been doing the, uh, uh, like the Jericho moonsault. Off the, um, off, the, off the rope. She brought that in, and she's the Black Tiger driver. So Starlight Kid with a lot of different ways to beat you going into the five-star. Match number five. Match that. Absolutely. I knew this was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be this good. This one absolutely stole the show. Hana defending the future of Starting Championship against Just Tap Outs. Let's see if I get this right. Tamaka Inaba. I think I got it. This is really good. I mean, right off the bat, Inaba was going after Hanna's knee. Hanna countered with her big style offense. Obviously, she has the you know the, the judo stuff. I'm a big fan of like when she's getting ready to, to have her opponent feet to come back. She starts with the judo, throwing a lot of stuff to the knees. There's a lot of really good submissions here. Uh, you know, the rocker dropper, the Hanna special, the backdrop driver. A lot of really good stuff here to try to counter Inaba's. I mean, her name of promotion is Just Tap Out. So she really does a good job going for the knee. Really good strikes back and forth. It was a really good back and forth match. Excuse me, Inaba would Inaba like took maybe the first part of the match and then Hana got back up, so it made it 50 50 as they got the last like two or three minutes of the match. And then Inaba does this really good, she did a couple times this really good like spinning uh leg lock into a knee bar. And I'm not sure that maybe that's her finish. I haven't seen her in anything outside of the new blood shows or this, so I'm pretty sure like that was her go to. And I thought this was smart if you're going to go to time limit draw to have the champion go on the underneath. So as the time expires, she's in the knee bar. So it sets it up somewhere down the line for an automatic rematch. I'm a bit a big fan of Inaba. I know I'm pretty sure she's going to be. I'm going to do a quick little preview of it before we close this episode out. But I think she's on the New Blood uh, 3 show, which actually, you know, if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, it's probably airing, you know, right now because it's, I believe that show's on Friday. Like I said, this podcast is dropping on Friday. So uh, I thought this was terrific. Three and three, four stars. I thought this was Hannah's uh, best title defense. Uh, they, they gave it time. They gave usually her matches go six, seven, eight minutes. And the fact that they, you know, gave a little more time to tell her story just goes to show that, like, okay, we know Hannah can do this at a longer time and a bigger stage. And the fact that she's in the five star, that's good. She's another one that's probably going to be eating, you know, a couple pinfalls. But at the same time, she's going to be in there with the top tier, uh, the, you know, the, the, the top tier wrestlers in stardom. So we're going to see uh, just really how good she is. And I said before, I think on. Not the episode, this one, but the one before, excuse me, I think episode 67 or 68, like when I see Hannah, I see the future of stardom. And I think she could be one that in five, six years would be the first one to win all the belts. You know, the future, the SWA, artist, the the tag, maybe tagging with one of her sisters, you know, the goddess, the wonder, and the future. I think that she can be maybe the first one to do that. Because I just don't think Io and Mayu, who's won every one but that one, I just don't think that they would qualify for the future of stardom championship. I mean, it is wrestling. We can always wreck on rules, but... I, I I see Hannah five, six years being a real, you know, let's knock on wood. She stays injury free, but I, I see her being a real, real big star. And I think her stock rises with every title defense. And I think her stock is going to shoot up huge after the five star. Afterwards, uh, she calls out for her next challenger and it comes out to be Waka. Waka, who now 
I'm a big fan of Wither's storyline, what they're doing with Waka. You're wondering when she's going to get her first win. Is she going to break up with Cosmic Angels? We've seen some, you know, a little bit of cracks there at the the, the pay-per-view last week with her and Yunagi. Uh, you get to the point where Tam kicks her out because she's constantly losing these matches. So there's, you know, there's that story. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not a fan if you've lost so many matches then you're going to get a title shot. Again, I always go to, we need to suspend disbelief and like, this is 100% real. It's 100% shoot. So you always look to what Ricky Steamboat, what, what taught me when, uh, his time at Ring of Honor is like, what's the most real combat sport? You know, when he, in the 60s and 70s, when he was breaking in, it was boxing. Right now for us, it's MMA. So say a fighter loses four or five fights in a row and then they get a title shot. To me, it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Like even like Conor McGregor, who's one, who's the biggest draw in the history of the sport, no doubt about it. Like it's not even close, but it's like the fact that he might be coming back and getting a title shot. It's like he's won one fight in five years. Like, I don't know. doesn't make sense. But anywho, uh, I know that match should be really good. So, and I believe that they mentioned that's for the, uh, for the pay-per-view next week. So I believe that's on my, I think it's on my run sheet to go over that. So again, solid outing match, uh, between, uh, Inaba and Hannah match number six. saw this was a captain's fall. Uh, I'm excuse me. Yes. Yeah, was the captain falls match with, uh, no, I'm so sorry. This was, uh, this was, no, that, that was match number seven. I'm getting ahead of myself here. This was, uh, Mina, Yunagi, Saki, uh, and uh, Hiraka versus Lady C, Utami, Izumi, and Saya. So you had the Queen's Quest team versus, uh, excuse me, the Queen's Quest team versus Cosmic Angels. And I was really spe- paying special close attention to this just because Saki was announced for the five star. And I just did a, um, a quick episode, maybe like a 20 minute episode, where I was like kind of scratching my head. And I was like, well, you know, we thought it would be Kari. We hoped it would be Kari. would be, you know, X or Kunami or Jungle or Takumi Aroha. We get Saki. So it's just like, well, okay, let's see what she can do here. Um, and I thought she was super impressive here. I thought the whoever laid out this match was genius because they made the, the two girls from Colors, uh, Huraka and Saki. And I may be pronouncing that name wrong. I apologize. I'm doing my best to get these names right. Um, they did a good job highlighting these two, which was which was smart. I mean, for watching Storm, you know how good Mina is, how, how well she's improving. Same thing with Yunagi. Obviously, Lady C is improving, you know. Uh, tenfold and Utami, Izumi, and Syed. I mean, they're they're at the top of the game, not only in stardom, but I don't think you can name 15 wrestlers better in the world than, than, than the three of them, especially when they're they're a trio or a tag team. So they did a really good job. Um, they did a, I, I was a big fan of how it started with Izumi and Hiraki with like high speed. So it's just like, oh, mate, maybe is that Izumi's next challenger coming down the line, you know, after the Momo Kogo match, if she gets by Momo, which I think she will. And again, we'll cover that here in a few minutes. Is they gonna have somebody from Colors maybe challenge Zumi? You know, we've talked all the time that they need fresh blood in the high speed division. I think they're getting quite a bit of it here. I think that's the division they need to inject a lot of stuff in. And you can keep a Zumi at the top for as long as you want. She's doing such a great job, and it's not setting her career back by any means. I mean, she's what nineteen twenty. So you keep her in the division another year or two just to really build it, and then afterwards, even give her a two or three year run, like a long run. I think the longest run was I think the record is nine. I think nine would be Mayu. I'll have to check. Rob Goodwin's Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th anniversary book, like I always do. But I, I think it was nine with Mayu for the high speed. Anywho, I made it was Suzuki. Anywho, another story, another day. I'm getting off, getting off track here. But um, yeah, I thought the, obviously the Mina Yunagi stuff I thought was really good. I'm really hoping they teamed the two of them up in the Goddess of Stardom tournament because I think that they would be a team that would that would be, I mean, they're improving leaps and bounds and just think of how good they're going to be in the next two or three months. I thought all their teamwork uh, everything looked really good. Obviously, Utami Izumi Sayo was really good. Lady C did her part as well with the chops, the big boots. Um, There's a really, really good uh, double and triple team uh, spots from from both teams. As big fan, big fan of the finish. How uh, Tommy uh, Sai and Izumi uh, they went for that magic killer with Sayo with the springboard drop pick, drop kick, and then the Cosmic Angels team countered it, and uh, Utami hits the eats the uh, the swinging DDT. I thought that was really good. Uh, Yunagi and Mina. They hit their uh, almost like backpack bulldog double team finisher. And then Hiraka, excuse me, Saki winds up hitting Lady C with the brain buster. 10 minutes, 28 seconds. I had this at three and three, four stars. I thought this was excellent and a great way to showcase not only the two girls from, from Colors, but Saki as well as we're just four weeks away from the five star. And I hope that's what happened. I hope like one or two shows a week going building up towards the five stars that were doing a really good job. Stardom is going to continue to do a really good job to highlight Saki. Um, you know, I guess the only thing is that Brain Buster may need a little work, maybe just because it's on Lady C. And she's 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 the tallest member of the roster, maybe just kind of threw some of the uh, momentum off a little. But other than that, I have a solid outing. So, okay, match number seven. Hold on one sec, get a little drink. 
Okay, a little hydration there. Now, the captains fall uh, four-way, three-way. So, the team of Mayu Iwatani, Hizuki, and Koguma, representing stars, versus the team representing God's Eye, World of Stardom Champion, Shuri, Mirai, and Amy Sori. Representing the DDM would be the DDM team of Julia, Mike, and Himika. And representing the team of uh, Wado Tai, Momo Watanabe, Fukin Death, and Saki Kashima. Kind of interesting here how Saki was the first one to go, considering at the pay-per-view she was the one with back-to-back pins. Uh, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. It's like, hey, you know, anybody can get beat at any time here. Uh, I thought the stuff in the beginning was I'm, I'm gonna again I'm gonna ahead of myself. The comedy stuff with Fuku and Death I thought was really good. You can see like Momo, or you can see how like Julia and Mayu and Sherry were taking this really really serious. And then Fuku and Death is going in there, kind of just playing like kindergarten gym class stuff, like going underneath like the knuckle laces and then doing the smoking stuff. I thought that was really good. Uh, Himika with the Boston Crab, uh, Boston Crab and everybody. I thought that was interesting. And then Julia coming over with the camel clutch on the other side. And then you can just see, and then, uh, Micah like doing the best surfboard impersonation she can, just kind of our hot coals walking over everybody. I thought it was cool. You know, I enjoyed comedy and wrestling when it's at the right, right points. And I think Fook and Death is really at the right points. And I thought that this little spot here, I thought that was, that was really good. Mayu and Hazuki, uh, their double team spots were really, really good. They did a good job building up. You know, going back to the Huzuki Julia feud, uh, I think we're going to see that either night one or night two of the five star. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll see that match kind of get a little tipped off there. Uh, Mariah left left arm lariat uh, eliminates Saki. Sherry gets um, dumped over the top rope by Fook and Death. I thought that was like a big. I mean, she's on the top rope like forearm, and Sherry's on the top rope forearm, and Mayu. We thought we're like a big spot there. Is like Mayu going to push her off or do something? Or is Sherry going to hit that beautiful double wrist lock uh, from the top rope? Instead, Death comes over and just dumps Sherry out. Between the timing of, you go back and watch it, between the timing of they caught Sherry's face on the shock and the, the oh, from the crowd at Corkin was like perfect. Like, holy geez, you literally just had, you know, the comedy wrestler, the clown, eliminate the unbeatable. You know, since since the end of last year's five star, he's been on a roll just tearing through everybody, singles and tags. And it's like, I don't know, this who can Death get a world star championship match down the line? Yeah, I mean, they can always go that route. Sure, why not, right? It'd be something, something a little different from Sherry. You know, something I think would be entertaining. I thought that was something. And then uh, DDM, basically, uh, you know, every they do a really good job teasing, like, Mayu getting eliminated. And, uh, and, and she's coming. She's getting kicked off the ropes, and she's falling. But, yeah, everybody from Stars is they're putting her back up. I thought that was cool. And then DDM like, did, like, a version of, like, the Freedom Dropkick. Like, Mike and Himika just launching uh julia to, to everybody else that was left in the match for uh for the win and because uh, yeah it was captain's fall so it's either you eliminate the captain or you eliminate two out of the three members of the team i think i understood that rule a little bit better sometimes these rules of stardom i really have to do a little research but that one i understood a little bit better than i did the uh the tam not support cage match um this was great for all my old school ring of honor fans this reminded me of the six, uh, the six man Dragon Gate matches they used to do at WrestleMania weekend, where it was this was just nonstop. Again, I'm not going on. I'm not going to go over every spot. We'll be here till tomorrow, but this was absolute nonstop action. You had your comedy, you had the inner feuds, you had the tag team stuff. You know, back and forth. Everybody got tag moves in. Mike and Himika, all their stuff looked really, really good. Obviously, FWC, they're the tag champs. Their stuff looked really good. You thought Saki would be a spoiler, considering the fact that's pretty much all she's been doing. Not all she's been doing, but pretty much the main crux of Oedo Tai the last handful of months. Instead, she's the first one eliminated. Mariah and Amy Sori, all their stuff looked really good heading into their uh, championship match, which, again, as of this recording, probably just happened a few hours ago with FWC, which I'm sure was an absolute banger. Yeah, the comedy stuff and, uh, like I said, the big surprise of death eliminating the, the indestructible world of stardom champion. Uh, you know, Mayu, all of her stuff is fantastic, as always. And DDM stands tall. I had this on at uh, four stars. I thought this was really good. And the, and the fact that the crowd was hot. I originally had it three and three, four stars. But if you listen to this podcast, you know that if you get a hot crowd, you always get bumped up a quarter to a half a star. So I bumped this up to four stars. And then DDM said, hey, stars, you you won the cage match last week. You challenged a way to tie for the artist of stardom. But we just beat you here. So maybe are we the number one contenders for the artist of stardom championship? So you're literally taking, not to be disrespectful, but a lower tier title like the Artist of Stardom Championship. You put it on Saki, who's been rolling everybody up with the Kishikasai. Starlight Kid, who in a week's time or, you know, this weekend as you listen to it, 
is challenging Sayakamitani for the Wonder of Stardom Champion. And then Momo, who's challenging Sherry for the World of Stardom Champion. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Cosmic Angel did a great job with it last year. DDM, my him employee, done a great job with it up until they lost it. But now this is like a real main event championship title. I mean, you can literally put the the champions, Oweto Tai, in the main event defending these belts on Cork and Hall, and they'll draw your eight to 900 people. And now it's just like, we're going to have two challengers lined up. You have Mayu, who's the uh, SWA champion, FWC, who as this recording are the Goddess Star champion. You can put that match up, or you can put Julia, Mike, and Himika. I mean, you, there's a whole, you know, couple different things. So you already have your next two title matches and you can intertwine them. You want to play hot potato between, the, between those three teams. I got no problem with it. Um, so really interesting how they've just really put such a huge focus on their on all the championships. So, I mean, kudos to stardom. Match number seven, our main event, Tam Nakano versus Not So Poi. Now, we just seen them have a cage match. So now it's like you're going to have a singles match with some, you know, with some rules. Okay, not a problem. Obviously, the cage match caught a lot of buzz. Again, Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, really, really put it over. I think he had – usually he doesn't do the ratings for stardom just because of everything else that he does. So uh, he says – I think he said – I think he made a quote a couple months ago that he would love to watch as much stardom as he can. It's just – I mean, he's watching NOAA, AEW, WWE, NXT. You know, he's writing for the Wrestling Observer, this or that. But – um I know that he'll watch matches when it's created a lot of buzz. And you watch the Tam not support cage match. I think he gave it four and a half stars, which I think is what I gave it. He gave the main event, the um, stars versus Queen's Quest, four and a quarter, where I had it four and three fourths because I, I actually liked that match a little bit better. But anywho, um, Smart, you're kind of going back to back here. You're getting buzzed. You're putting this as the main event Cork and Hall show. And they basically, these two pick up right where they left off. Uh, they really, you know, go at it, you know, with strikes, slaps, punches. They pitch each other to the outside, and Tam gets a little chippy uh, as the ref is trying to, you know, get Tam away. She basically takes the ref and kind of like passes him. Now, you know, I'm not a big fan of abuse on a ref, but you, you understand the context of it. It's not like she gave him like the violent screwdriver. She just kind of grabbed him by the back of the head and shoved him away as she's being aggressive. So you understand the story, and that's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll let Tam get away with that. Um, just in the context of the story, it makes sense. Two of them slam each other on the outside, but that's not enough. We have to remove the padding. Tam, and they do a good job building the spot. I always talk about building the spot. They go back and forth. Who's going to eat the slam onto the hard floor of Cork and Hall? It turns out Tam slams Natsupoy. Huge thud. Great sell. Great pacing. They didn't rush it. This was very much in the veins of like an all Japan style match with a lot of strikes, a lot of big suplexes, a lot of big head dumps. And they took their time. They still got the selling in. They got the storytelling in. Uh, I thought, you know, everything was really solid back and forth. Like I said, lots of heavy strikes, lots of real big bumps. Um, not to point, misses a feral gift, and then Tam hits her with a, with a violent shooting. I thought that was really good, really good selling. And then Tam hits a feral gift and gets two. Not to point, gets back up on Tam. How she does that was some stiff strikes. I think I even put on Twitter when we are stardom, put up the clip of Not to point just kicking, or not sorry, not kicking, forearm after forearm, slap after slap, and then hits this big spin kick on Tam to put her down. I think I made mention that, like, she must have been watching, like, a Kawada match from the King's Road era and said, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and then, you know, make it my own, but I'm going to put, like, this, you know, this style and this ferocity into this match. Just, you know, drills Tam and then hits four feral gifts one after another. I thought this was the end of the match. It was not as Tam kicks out. Um, they go back and forth, dropping on each other on their heads. I mean, the 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 tiger suplex that Tam does, the bridge that she does, just absolutely stunning. I mean, just it's just fantastic. You can see how she, a la Kurt Henning, gets up on those toes. Eventually, Natsupoy gets back up on Tam. She hits the Pharaoh gift, but, but this time with, like, double knees. And then she picks her up, and she hits the straightjacket German suplex, uh, the fairy strain. 20 minutes, 31 seconds, four and three-fourths stars. I think this one passed better than the cage. Um, I've seen some people back and forth on it. I like this one a little bit better than the cage. I think the crowd atmosphere was better, and they weren't, you know, with the cage, the cage adds in a little more violence, but at the same time, it's like you can go to the outside. So, you know, it, it, it's give and take. I thought this was a little bit better than the cage match. Let me know which match you like better. Um, you know, hit me up, Matt Turner OF, on the Twitter and or the Instagram. I am going to just two quick things, and then we'll get on out of here. The New Blood 3 show. I'm just going to just do a, kind of just a quick quick review as i just don't know everybody on the show there is a good majority of people that i do know the match that i'm looking forward to the most though is uh mariah and suzu suzuki the fact that i'm assuming this is going to be streamed live on their stardom's youtube channel 
and the fact that we don't by we i mean nobody other than if you don't have, if, as long as you have internet you get to see mirai versus suzu suzuki for free so that's going to be fantastic uh you have uh yuri versus may sakurai that'll be good i'm i'm assuming may gets a win here gets a little momentum going into the five star the uh, just tap out team versus oh, stars team we got hana saida momokogo that should be good that'll be solid you have uh, colors teaming with Cosmic Angels going up against the Awaito Tai, an eight-person tag. And for what I believe is the main event, Julia. I mean, you get a big star like Julia on your free YouTube show. You're going to get a lot of views here. I'm assuming that this probably sold out for tickets versus uh, Miyu Amasaki. You know, I, we talk about a lot on this podcast how Miyu certainly wrestled, I think, five, six months. And she's wrestling like she's three or four years in. And the fact that she's wrestling Julia. You know Julia's going to take care of her. Julia's... I'm assuming Julia's going to go up on this one. You know she's going to take care of her. And by take care of her, I mean not just like safety-wise in the ring because you know she's going to be a little, little stiff on the strikes as well as she should be because that's kind of uh, you know what she's been sticking to these past couple months on her offense to set up uh, some of her submissions. But, I mean, she's going to take care of her by she's going to be giving her the right amount of stuff, the right time, selling her for enough, and basically pushing Miyu Amasaki where she needs to be in the next couple months. So I'm really excited for uh, for the Miyu Versus Julia match and the Suzu versus Mirai match. That match is gonna that match is gonna be fantastic. And considering the fact that Mirai and Suzu Suzuki are both in the five star, I think that one is gonna go to the time limit draw. But hey, that's okay. I mean, that means we're not gonna get a seven eight minute match. So I think the time limit's fifteen minutes. So if we get fifteen minutes of Mirai versus Suzu Suzuki on free YouTube TV, what are we complaining about? Should have nothing to complain about. Um, before we get into the, uh, I guess the second part of the main event on the of this podcast, I think the main event would be. Io Shirai's possible comeback, but uh, just actually before I started recording, I just got a uh, message here on Twitter that they have signed for their Stardom Showcase show. It'll be a three-way coffin match. Starlight Kid, Sayakamatani, and the Grim Reaper. Not sure what to make of this. Maybe we'll see who the Grim Reaper is. Uh, we've seen the Grim Reaper choke out Sayakamatani, uh, Rasio Gawa, and Starlight Kid. And these, I have to be honest, these horrible get funny backstage segments. Rasio Gawa is a genius booker. What he's been able to do with stardom, you know, the start of it and really the last you coming off the pandemic with a lot of a lot of people really reeling what he was able to do in 2020, 2021, what he's doing now. The fact that by the end of the year we we, we may see Io Shirai back into a starting ring. You can't do nothing but just give that guy a standing ovation. However, his acting when he's getting choked out <laughs> Nowhere near as good as his booking. Let's just say that. Uh, I thought it was cool this last backstage segment where Starlight Kid was actually like fighting back and almost like knocked out the Grim Reaper. And I thought, I think I, you think I might have put something on Twitter or Instagram saying, how cool would it be if we want to get really want to get Momo Kogo or not Momo Kogo, excuse me, Momo Watanabe, get her really over. Not that she needs it for her match, put a little more steam on her before her match with Sashiri. That like Starlight Kid and uh, this Grim Reaper going back and forth. Here comes Momo, Starlight Kid's tag partner. She just head kicks the Grim Reaper. And she kills the Grim Reaper. You know, like, let's get Momo Watanabe more over than she already is. You know, you, you're putting her in the ring with the the, you know, the juggernaut of Sherry. Let's have her, you know, what did you do to get ready for this match? I killed death. I don't know what to make of this coffin match. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm assuming this is going to probably air, probably free on the YouTube channel. I could be wrong. But the fact that we're going to get all within a uh, four or five week span we're going to get Starlight Kid and Sai Kamatani in the ring with each other three times between the uh, singles match coming up here on the pay-per-view for the Wonder Star Championship. They're going to be wrestling each other, I think, either night one or night two of the five-star, and then we get them in this three-way coffin match with the Grim Reaper. It's like, whatever. Again, let's look at the positive. We get Sai Kamatani and, uh, <laughs> and Starlight Kid you know, in the, in the ring again. It's like, if you remember back in the 2000s when Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, they were wrestling each other every pay-per-view, and they did that ladder match at SummerSlam, and they had the dumb stipulation where it was like custody of Ray's kid. I remember looking at my one buddy who was actually worked for Chikara for quite a bit. I said, can you believe this? And he's like, Hey man, he's like anything that we can do to get Ray and Eddie back in the ring again against each other. He's like, I'm all for it. So like, I guess that's the way that I look at it. You know, if you're thrown in the Grim Reaper coffin match, but at the same time, we're getting side star like it, you know, let's look at the positive and just, uh, you know, focus on that. So should be interesting. Okay. Um, the last part of the, the podcast Midsummer's championship card. So I'm just going to preview it, give you my picks, and uh, my wife gave me her picks. So if you remember when we did uh, Fight to the Top, we had the same picks. So I think we went three for six on our picks last time. So obviously we tied because we had the same picks. This was a little bit different. There are eight matches, including the pre-show. So uh, Lady C versus Hina. Uh, that should be a nice side. That's probably going to be uh, on the pre-show from what I'm assuming. 
this should be a solid match. I think Lady C's new aggression um, is going to show through here. Right? I think Lady C needs a win here. I think she's going to get the win, and so does my bride. Uh, the what will probably be the opener, and this is again, this is just what I'm suggesting the card is going to be. The opener, Mihanan defending the uh, future Star Championship versus Waka. I don't know if right now. I mean, can you imagine Waka's first wins for the championship? It's a possibility here. It's a possibility. This is going to be a great match. Even though Waka doesn't have a win, she's fantastic in the ring. Uh, but I see Hannah retaining here. I think this one will be another really solid, solid match, though. Another solid title defense from Hannah. Uh, plus, she has to have the um, the rematch from uh, from the time on the draw from the Corican show. So I think that'll that'll be coming down the line, too. So I see her retaining. Uh, so does Amber. Where we disagree on the next one is the tag match. Yutami Hashista and Miyu Amasaki versus the team of Mirai and Amy Sori. I think they're doing a good job building up Mariah and Amy Sori. Um, they just had a tag title shot. I just don't see them see them losing. I don't know what happened in the match. It just happened this morning with FWC. I'm assuming that they did not win the belts, but even if they won the belts, I don't see them losing here. I don't see them losing two in a row. I think this would be a great match. Utami is obviously terrific. Miyu is really coming into her own, and Mariah and Amy Sori are really, really good. Uh, I just hope this match gets like a, a little bit more than 10 minutes. That's my only worry is like if this goes like six or seven, I still think it'll be good, but I think they give it a little bit of time. You know, considering the fact it's second on the card, I'm just, my, my only concern is it doesn't get the proper time. I think it will. I have um, the God's Eye team winning, and uh, my wife has you, Tommy, and me winning. That should be a fantastic match. Match number three has, it'll be eight-person tag, the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Koguma, and Saida versus the Uedotai team of Ruwaka, Rina, Death, Saki Kashima, Okay, um, I think a lot of people are going to say that the Stars teams win here. And that's who I have, and that's who my wife has. However, with Saki Kashima, you know, the Kishikasai is the most feared move, maybe, in all of stardom. And you have Fukin Death in here as well. So you have two people that are masters at roll-ups. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot of teases, especially Saki and Mayu, because that's Mayu's kryptonite. But I see the Stars team winning here. Match number four is the match that uh, was built at the last Corkin show. So at the end of Tam and Natsupoi, so they're one and one in their matches. They first of all they did after they were kind of teasing that the two of them were retired. The two of them said we're never going to retire. I didn't think Tam was going to retire. I know a lot of people said no, Tam's retiring at the end of this year. I was sweating that one out a little bit, but when she said no, I'll never retire, feel a little bit better about it. So they did set up it's going to be a unit versus unit match, which is kind of odd considering the fact that like, Natsupoi is not the leader of DDM, Julie is, but Tam's the leader of Cosmic Angels. But regardless, uh, this will be fantastic. Micah, Himika, Natsupoi, Julia, and the returning Tekla. I believe this will be her, not only she wrestled the shows this weekend, but I think it's her first match back from her shoulder injury. So uh, it'd be nice to see her. Versus uh, Tam, Nakano, uh, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi, Saki, Shizma, uh, y- uh, Hiroku, and Yuki Sakurai. Again, I, hope I will spend the weekend trying to get those names right from the colors, uh, from the, the folks over at Colors that are now uh, part of Cosmic Angels. I think this would be really good, considering the fact that you have the added stipulation onto it makes it even more important. Obviously, Micah, Himika, Natsupoi, former Artist of Stardom champions, and Tam, Mina, and Yunagi. I think Saki, they're going to do a good job highlighting Saki here to see what she can do against Micah, Himika, Natsupoi, Julia, and Takla, considering the fact that they're all in the five-star. Granted, different blocks, but it'll be really cool just to see what she can do in there with, the, with you know those five. I think that... They're doing a good job pushing Tam. They're getting a lot behind her. Even with the lot, the loss on Natsupoi, people were really talking about how well Tam was in that match. Now, granted, Natsupoi is fantastic as well. Her stock is going up as well. But I think you need to put a little bit more steam behind Tam as she's one of the favorites to come out of one of the blocks as the winner and one of the favorites that may win the whole thing. I also think you're going to see some teasing with Tam and Julia here as a lot of people have that early the early pick for the finals of the five-star coming up here in the next few months. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well Tekla is after her shoulder injury, considering that she is a gymaholic and a workaholic. I think she'll be fine here. I'm going to say because of the push that they need to get, they need to get more steam behind Tam, I'm going to say that the Cosmic Angels win. Uh, Amber thinks that they're going to get more steam going behind Julia to win the five-star, so she has DDM on the win. Okay, the last three matches three title matches. Azumi versus Momokogo. I don't think anybody expects Momokogo to win here, but I think a lot of people expect her to have a fantastic showing. Azumi's one of the top five uh, for wrestlers of the year. I don't think you're going to see anything different here. I think you're going to see Momokogo have her best match. She's been improving so much these last four or five shows, and the fact that she's in there with Azumi, I think you're going to see high speed. You're going to see submissions. You're going to see 
that 619 innovative style from or Tiger Fake Kick, whatever you want to call it, from Momo Kogo. I think you'll see a couple new moves in her arsenal. I think she'll break a couple things out, but I see uh, Azumi retaining here. Match number six, the co-main event for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Starlight Kid challenges Sai Kamatani. Uh, this is it, it would be, to me, on paper for how well they've been building Starlight Kid, it would be like a 50-50 match. But considering the fact that the big picture that they're showing is this little mini feud with Kari and Saya. Obviously, we're going to see Kari and Mystery Person, I think it's Tony Storm, versus Aphrodite, Utami, and Saya Kamatani. And now that I'm just thinking about it, that's what that little pause was for. What if Kari waits two or three months and it's Kari and Eo? Jeepers. Oh, jeez. Anywho, I'll be here all day talking about that. It's a possibility, folks. I think that they're, they're putting – and not only that, but like Kari on these promos, are t- she's talking about the white belt, the belt that she made famous, you know, the belt that she, that she you know, took from, you know, mid-card belt to our co-main event belt to a main event belt. So I think that when they do, if you want to get the most steam out of that match, and again, that might be coming off the five-star going into that November show with New Japan, maybe you do Saya versus Kari singles match for the white belt. That's why I don't think you take it off her here. I think Sai Kamatani retains. My bride, on the other hand, thinks it's going to be Starlight Kid. So it's nice that we have a difference of opinion. Main event, the most ex- most exciting match. Um, it pretty much the best match in all of wrestling that you can put on paper, at least for me. World of Stardom Championships, Momo Watanabe challenges Shuri for the championship. This is a match that we've all been wanting to see since the beginning of the year. They did kind of the slow build to see what they were going to do with Momo. Uh, obviously, you had a really good, uh, doing fantastic with the tag stuff with the Widow Tie, especially Starlight Kid. And one third of the artists starting champions. It's a this is a tough one. It's a tough one. But when business is good, you keep the belt on the champion. I think there is a possibility, a decent possibility, you're gonna see time limit draw or double knockout. I think that's that's a good possibility, but I think the more possible thing here is Sherry retains. I would not be I would not be shocked if Momo wins here, but I just don't think now is the right time. I always say pro wrestling doesn't owe anybody anything. But when it comes to stardom, there's only three things I want to see from stardom. Number one is for them to continue putting on great matches and keep building the brand, which they're doing. Number two is somewhere down the line, Momo's only 22 or 23, somewhere down the line, Momo to hold the red belt, even if just for one day. She sure deserves it. And then number three is an Io Shirai return to stardom, which, geez, we might be getting. But uh, with all that being said, I think Shiri retains here. I'm going to say it's maybe 50% Shiri retaining I'm going to say 20% either a draw or a inconclusive finish, like a double knockout, and then a 30% Momo winning. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if Momo wins, but I think uh, going into the five-star, I think Shuri's going to be the champion. But I think that if you do like a no, you do a fantastic match and you have like a 30-minute draw or a double knockout, that just gives Momo – you can now say, well, wait a minute. Everyone has Julia Peg to win uh, the blue block. I think they're in the blue block together, but what now? What about Momo? What if Momo then, you know, comes away? She made the finals last year. What if she gets the win and then you run it back with her and Sherry? I would have no problem with that whatsoever. So, well, but that's it, gang. I thought this was going to be a shorter, shorter episode just because I only had one show to uh, review and one show to preview. But the Io Shirai stuff obviously took up quite a bit of time and rightfully so. I know everybody's excited about the potential of that coming out. I want to thank everybody with their patience on just certain things coming out at certain times. Like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, the weekly episode will probably get out every Friday morning. The uh, the Patreon episodes, like I said, there's a couple of them that are, uh, you know, in the can, ready to go. Those will be released when they're, you know, all edited up, ready to rock and roll. Again, Sean is just doing an absolute fantastic job. You're just banging stuff out, you know, clearing everything up. It's a great job with the intro, the outro, getting everything up, and just always constantly staying in constant contact with me. And considering the fact that he's never seen a stardom show, he's just always giving me really good opinions and really good advice on, you know, maybe our good suggestions that like nine and a half times out of ten I, I go with. So, uh, you know, the biggest thanks to him. And again, you know, it, by all, you know, hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, you'd be a fan of him. So, you know, go follow him on social media, Sean Montrose. Go listen to his podcast. He does with his beautiful bride, the illest couple. Absolutely. Not only is it real informative, it's funny it is so funny but like and you get a lot of good material in there as well i mean we can all do better we can all do better with mental health we can all be a little bit better each day and that that's what that, and that's what we're trying to do here that's what we're trying to do here but uh yeah if you guys want to get a hold of me just uh, hit up uh, matt turner of on the instagram and the twitter uh and um if you're going to be my next match is actually going to be uh, friday the 8th which is like i said when this, this is more than likely going to drop over in the pocono so if you're in the new york new jersey or pennsylvania area and you want to come and see the show, or if you're going to come and see the show, stop by my merchandising table, say hello, 
let me know that you are a listener of the Stardomcast, and I'll make sure I hook you up with some stuff. I'm going to wrap up episode 70. Remember, we're all in this together. And remember, everybody's different. Everybody's special. Love you guys. Have a great day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.